Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number. Got a call uh, between the traffic and now. There is some. Uh, there is a backup on I-10 westbound. Need to let you know about very quickly. Uh, so road work has uh, the road down to one lane. And so you've got a lot of congestion on westbound. The DOTD uh, account on Twitter, Glass gave an update about an hour ago, uh, mile marker 109 uh, to mile marker 101. That's uh, Louisiana Highway 31 to University Avenue, about eight miles of congestion. But I've got uh, the 511 app, and I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a lot of the traffic cameras, I-10 at I-49, it's at a crawl there. I mean, we're looking at traffic that is not looking a whole lot of fun right now. Let's just say that. So if you are going on I-10 westbound through Lafayette, things do not look great. You are going to be there for a while. You may want to try to find an alternate route if possible uh, because road work is causing quite a bit of congestion in the area. All right, 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. If you're stuck, in traffic, go ahead and send a message. You know, you're, you're not moving. It's, it's okay. If you're at a complete standstill, you can send a little message through the app chat. Let us know what's going on. We'll keep an eye on that. I'll keep an eye on these cameras. Um, we do have to address the fact that there is evil in the world, and evil does not always get what is due. So I, I want to start out the show with a very heavy topic. Um Roger Goodell got his contract extended. I think the man who has done more harm to the NFL uh, than anyone else ever could, uh, getting a contract extension is just mind-boggling to me. So we must lament the fact that there is evil in the world and that it continues to be rewarded. Uh, But alas, let's move on. I don't want to spend too long on negative subjects. Uh, I want to go, let's start with the House. Uh, The Speaker's race, Jim Jordan, uh, actually lost votes. I kind of suspect you when I told you guys this yesterday, there were a lot of folks who had said they would vote for him in the first round, but that was it. Uh, There is talk of unity. There is talk of Jim Jordan offering up the SALT tax, the state and local uh, tax deductions. So you remember this was a big sticking point for conservatives. Basically, SALT deductions allow progressive states that jack up their state and local taxes. You, With a SALT deduction, you can deduct a lot of that up to $10,000, or you could. Uh, conservatives fought to get rid of or, or, or cap SALT deductions, and Jim Jordan, as, as, as a means of trying to appease New York Republicans, uh, is discussing maybe giving that up uh, and and doubling those uh, deductions for New York Republicans. That's I'm, I'm not a fan of that one, honestly, but the Republican Party is trying to find a way to unite. I'm just not sure what they're going to do right now. There's kind of a growing uh, push for some bipartisanship. Um, Patrick McHenry, I think, uh, the Speaker pro tem, there's now a look to try to uh, – give him the the speakership just to try to make it through this term. Uh, So 
that's kind of the where we're at on that. There's not much else going on. There has been some talk of some other candidates. Mike Johnson of Louisiana has been one who, who has been, uh, I think, approached by several people, even back before the Scalise-Jordan uh, fight. Uh, Mike Johnson was approached, but Johnson has been... Uh, he's been fighting for unity. He's been backing others. He has not thrown his hat in himself. He would be a solid, solid speaker, though. I'm just not sure that it that he's going to get the shot. So we'll see how Republicans do moving forward on that. I want to get to something I haven't talked about in a while, and that's the presidential horse race. We do have some things that were happening kind of earlier this week that uh, need to be looked at. Tim Scott... His super PAC, the super PAC backing him, has basically announced they're going to cut television advertising in South Carolina. They're not going to spend money. Now, one of the reasons that Tim Scott was looking so strong originally was the fact there was a lot of super PAC money behind him. And what that super PAC is finding is kind of the fear that I had for Scott. Uh, I love Tim Scott. I think he's a great senator. I would love for him to be our next president. The problem is, and I know some of y'all who have sent messages into uh, the app chat and who have called into the show, you've had the same reservations I've had. He's too nice. And a lot of folks are looking for somebody who is way more of a fighter right now. Um, Even if they don't want Donald Trump, they're looking for somebody who they know can, uh, you know, metaphorically hit the progressives in the teeth and, and fight back against them. And Tim Scott is somebody that everybody in DC likes And they don't think he'll be enough of a fighter. So they're kind of backing off of him. On the flip side of that, on the South Carolina question, comes Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley has been surging in the polls. She is now uh, on the rise. Ron DeSantis has kind of uh, tapered off. He's leveled out. But Nikki Haley's on the rise. She's getting a lot more monetary support and a lot more vocal support as well. A lot of folks looking at Nikki Haley. I'm I'm currently of the mind that it's going to come down to a three-person race once we get through a lot of the primaries. It's going to come down to Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis, everybody said, oh, he's out of money, everything like that. Ron DeSantis had a good quarter of fundraising. The, 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 last, uh, the last fundraising numbers, the last uh, financial reports of the year came out earlier this week. Ron DeSantis had a pretty good bit of fundraising. Most people were concerned about DeSantis because most of his donors were big donors and they'd maxed out their contributions. They thought he'd hit his financial ceiling and he's started to get more and more small dollar donations, not like super small dollar, like everyday voter, but more and more folks are are throwing money toward Ron DeSantis, which is a good thing. And that's bringing some more big donors to the table for him, I think. So given the state of the money game, I do think that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley will probably be the two that go on beyond the first few states against Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump himself, there are some questions about him. His small dollar donations and his donations in general, uh, very dry in the most recent quarter. And the financial statements show that most of his incoming money is just a shifting of money from other political action committees. There are concerns that he has kind of maxed out his donors. Remember, Donald Trump absolutely slaughtered the rest of the candidates when it came to small-dollar donors. However, those small-dollar donors are like you and me. They're average Americans, and average Americans right now are also suffering through 
a weakening economy and inflation. There's not as much money to go around to candidates from them. So while they can send $25 here or there, they can't do it repeatedly. And so that is causing a lot of his small dollar donations and to, to dry up. Now, his super PACs have had a lot of money, but here's the thing. The super PACs are also using that money to pay for his legal fees. I've mentioned this several times, but because the way election law is written, you can argue that the legal fees are part of the campaign, that the legal action is part of the campaign. And so you can get away with legal fees for the different things that he's having to go to court over. You can get away with being able to use that super PAC money and campaign money for those legal fees to pay lawyers, to pay trips to uh, to the different courthouses and things like that. So Trump has had to use a lot of money for that. There's also the fact, and this is one of the things that Folks have, have called in or they've sent messages. They've, you know, if I see them on the street, they'll say, well, why are you so concerned with how much money Donald Trump has on hand? He's rich. I mean, he, he's got a ton of money. He's a billionaire. It's not as simple as that. And I want to get into that next here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Let's take this break, catch some commercials. We'll be back on the other side with more right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can uh, use the app chat. If you have the KPL app, open it up. There's a little text message looking icon. It looks like little, uh, you know, like the, the, the little text or the, the little speech bubbles that you would see in like an old comic book or whatever. Tap those and you can send a message to the, to the show. Um, Donald Trump. So Donald Trump has some money issues right now. A lot of his campaign money is having to go to legal fees. Uh, a lot of them, uh, he's he's having to go and kind of hit Iowa hardcore. I think they see something in internal polling they're not talking about because as far ahead as he is in the polling, he still feels the need to really trash Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. His attacks on Nikki Haley have picked up. But there's a reason that... Uh, Donald Trump is a billionaire, but he, he, he has a problem with money. He can't just self-fund. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy can self-fund a lot of his campaign, and in fact, he prepared for it. Most rich people, most super rich people, their money's not just sitting in a bank vault somewhere. It's not like they're Scrooge McDuck and they go in every night and they dive into a pool of gold coins. They just can't do that. A lot of them are not liquid. So if you're going to run for a camp, if you're going to run a campaign, you need to be liquid. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, in planning this, liquidated a lot of assets and 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 was able to self-fund, uh, at least at, in part at the beginning. And he is getting some donors now, too. But a lot of folks who are rich and run for office, when they self-fund, they have to liquidate first. Donald Trump is a real estate guy. And he was working under the assumption that he could survive just on campaign donations. And so he's not very liquid right now. And as a result, he can't just suddenly come up with a few extra million to put into his own campaign. And a lot of his assets, especially with the most recent fight in New York, a lot of his assets are, are kind of under scrutiny right now. So he can't just start moving stuff around. 
it makes it very difficult for him to continue forward. So he's got to find a way to continue raising money. Maybe he can start to liquidate some assets and start to to get some money in, but that, that takes time, and that's time that he doesn't really have. Remember, the beginning of the year means the beginning of the primary season as we start with the Iowa caucuses and move on. So he needs really to continue campaigning and moving forward. Now, he appeared at one of the courthouses today. He was upset. He, he told people he, he was so sad about having, he was very upset about having to be there and not campaigning, except his appearance at that courthouse was optional. He was there for the photo op because he knows that if he appears at the courthouse and he talks about the uh the prosecutory, the the political, the the political charges and everything like that, and 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 how he's being, uh, he's being uh, persecuted by a politicized Department of Justice and other prosecutors. If he talks about that, he he can up his donations. So that is part of the strategy there. But he didn't need to go to court today. That that it was optional for him to appear. Uh. But that's kind of the state of play for Donald Trump. He needs to figure out how to raise a lot more money. He just can't make it happen because he doesn't have a lot of cash on hand in his own personal accounts. So that's the state of play for the horse race. And here's the other thing. Before we go to this bottom of the hour break, one other thing I want to note. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are starting to go after each other. The next debate is going to be run by NBC, Salem Media, Rumble, and the Republican Jewish Coalition. So three conservative groups in NBC, the the mainstream media group. I would expect that what you're going to see on the stage for the most part the, the stuff that will really kind of hit home with voters is going to be how Nikki Haley and, and Ron DeSantis talk to each other, how they address each other. I think that's the fight to watch. Both have, have left each other alone so far, but now they're starting to take jabs at each other in media interviews. It'll be very interesting to see that in the next debate and going forward. All right, 232-1542 is the number. Let's take a break. Getting some updates from Washington, D.C. I'll fill you guys in on that and some more of your news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. In fact, let's jump to the phone lines now. We've got Brady on the line. Brady, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm doing good. What you got? Hey, just a quick comment on your last segment with yeah. regards to Trump and his campaign finances. Mm-hmm. Can, basically, what you were saying is based on speculation. Uh, you don't have any hard facts that, that what, you, what you stated was true. And if so, can you provide your sources? If not, it's purely speculation. Is that correct? And yeah. I'll let you finish. Yeah, it, it, is, it is absolutely speculation on that part, but it's based on the fact that he hasn't given himself any sort of campaign loan or hasn't transferred a bunch of his own money to his account. And he has been relying a lot on donations from others. We know that the bulk of his campaign money has come from small dollar donors that has been available in public records in those financial disclosures. But the fact that he hasn't put a lot of his own money in 
in a race where it's going to come down to, I know he's very popular in the polls right now, but he is going to need money to run an effective campaign. If, if you're not campaigning, you are letting others get the leg up. And so he's going to need to effectively campaign. So he is going to need to infuse some money some way. And right now, the money that's being infused is coming from super PACs rather than from himself, from his own wealth. Or, and it's, it's not able to come from small dollar donors as much because they're pretty much tapped out on resources given the state of the economy. I, I think the thing you're missing, though, is he's been campaigning for the last year and a half. That's true. And he, he's done quite well. He's well ahead in the polls by far against anybody. I don't care what the polls say on the media because the media is corrupt as hell. Well, yes, he is very far ahead in the polls, but he's been he's been fairly stagnant. He he hasn't really been going. He, he he's kind of <laughs> he's been no. I'm look. He's fairly stagnant in the polls. He's not going up anymore. He's kind of hit a ceiling right now. He's still way ahead. And if the if every primary in every state was held tomorrow, Donald Trump's the nominee. That is absolutely a, f- a fact. You're right on that. But the problem is this is going to be a long protracted campaign. It's going to require. A lot of resources. It's not over today just because he's up nationally as far ahead as he is, because when it comes to several of the states, it's a much closer race. He's still ahead, but it is a gap that is that you're able to close if you're another one of the candidates. This isn't some this isn't some instantaneous thing. It's a very long, protracted battle, which is why the campaign finance stuff is so important. But it, but if you're getting the campaign finances from super PACs and small small donors, why would you inject your own money early instead of later when you may need it? That's a very good point. Except the small we, we just saw from the last financial disclosure, the small dollar money isn't coming in. That's why the PACs are having to infuse a lot of cash now instead of holding it until later in the campaign. In the ideal situation, he would have enough uh, donations to continue rolling through, but because he's having to infuse a lot of that cash, it's not able. Those packs aren't able to have a war chest either. Well, I and I appreciate your time and, and the dialogue. Uh, I just wanted to, to kind of correct you when you were stating it as fact. It was pure speculation, and I guess we'll see how it irons out at the end. You're yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll see how it plays out. This is just based on the observations, not just of me, of a lot of people who are watching this behind the scenes. I'm not talking about the people in the media who are uh, out there saying Trump is doomed. Trump is doomed. This is the walls are closing in all that nonsense. There are people whose jobs are there. These are people who pay attention to elections. They're not the people who go out there and say something for clicks or for views or whatever. Their job is literally to observe this data as it's going through. And when you talk to them, they're noting the money thing is a pretty big issue. Brady, thank you very much for the call. I want to move on for a sec because there's some other stuff that that we kind of need to get to. I was I was texting uh, somebody in Washington, D.C. today and. It's incredible. Uh, Rashida Tlaib essentially incited an anti-Semitic riot in the Capitol, sympathizing with Hamas terrorists on the House lawn. It's not even a top five story today. You remember the whole hospital thing from yesterday? Well, as it turns out, yeah, 500... 
it didn't that that explosion didn't kill 500 people. In fact, when the sun rose on Gaza today, the hospital really wasn't all that damaged. There's a ton of people in the media who were insisting that Israel was at fault and it was Israel's fault and Hamas definitely didn't do it. And they were doing all sorts of apologetics for Hamasing that Hamas's rockets aren't that destructive. That was clearly Israel that killed 500. Turns out Israel didn't kill 500 people. Turns out it was a Hamas rocket. Independent analysis from U.S. military sources uh, verified it, gave that information to both Joe Biden and to Israel. They they confirmed it was a Hamas rocket that that uh, misfired and hit that and, and hit the parking lot of the hospital and the explosion damaged the hospital. The thing about it is uh, that parking lot is also where Hamas was storing a bunch of weapons. Do you know why? Because the Gaza health ministry is Hamas. Hamas is the government. They run all of those things. They use hospitals and mosques and schools as their institutions for storing weapons, launching attacks, etc. So it looks bad on Israel when they blow one of those places up. And one of their own rockets misfired, and the media immediately jumped in and took Hamas's side. Rashida Tlaib is out there today saying that Israel blew up the hospital. She's out. It's been debunked. It's been debunked. And Rashida Tlaib is out there because she hates Israel and believes that Israel is always at fault no matter what. And she wants to see the Jews taken out of Israel and the land given to the Palestinians. Rashida Tlaib is out there inciting a riot on the House of Representatives lawn. Whipping up the crowds, whipping up violence. In the hours after it was decided by the media that Israel blew up a hospital, there were violent protests at Israeli and American embassies in different spots of the world. That's just a fact. It it was good PR for Hamas. And then as it turns out, they're the ones who actually did the damage. But we have people out there. We have people in our U.S. government, people serving in the House of Representatives, the pro-Hamas caucus. They're out there doing all sorts of twists and, 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 and turning themselves into knots, into human pretzels, trying to defend Hamas and blame Israel for everything going wrong when it's clearly Hamas that's doing it. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Looking at the app chat, Mike, Mike brings up a good point from the conversation earlier on campaign finance. Mike points out the small dollar donor is still going to vote for, for Trump. The people who have donated to Trump, yes, they're still going to vote for him. But as I was telling Brady in the other call, this is a prolonged, it's a protracted fight. The small dollar donors are going to vote for Trump. But not every small-dollar donor in America is a Trump supporter. There were a lot that supported him. But Trump needs every small-dollar donor to donate to him to continue the fight going forward. The people who are donating to Trump are going to vote for Trump no matter what. People who believe in Trump are going to vote. They're not leaving Trump. That's, that's, Mike is absolutely right on that. But when you look at the numbers... In various states, especially some of the early states, Trump doesn't have 50%. 
And in several of those states, if Trump doesn't have 50 percent, it turns out he probably doesn't have 50 percent overall. And Trump needs to increase his number. So he's got to get the people who aren't donating to him to vote for him. In order to do that, he's got a campaign. He's got to get out in front of them. And he can't do that if you're running out of money. Again, Trump's not out of this by a long shot. He is ahead in every poll. In some places, he's up really big. In some places, not as much. But Trump is really going to have to up how much money he has in order to carry out a protracted campaign. That's just how it's going to have to work. Mike, thank you very much for uh, the message on the chat. If you want to use the app chat, I highly recommend it. Mike can tell you I'm very active on that. Like to take y'all's comments on there, like to respond to you on there and on the air. Brady, thank you very much for the call. We're going to take a break. You can call too, 232-1542. We'll be back in just a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number. We'll get to uh, at least one caller on the line before the end of the show. I've, I got some bad news during the break. Somebody on the Duolingo app has taken my number two spot in the current rankings, and I'm very mad about it. So my family, we, my, my wife said, hey, do you want to do Duolingo? I can get the family pass. We can all, you know, learn a language. Problem is we're all learning different languages. Uh, she's learning Spanish. My youngest wanted to learn Greek. Uh, I'm sorry, my oldest wanted to learn Greek. My youngest is six. She's not doing the app. I'm learning Chinese. And I, I get pushback from, why are you learning Chinese? And I say, well, if the ChiComs take us over, I need to negotiate on Acadiana's behalf uh, to try to get our crawfish uh, to the wider market. We need to still combat the Chinese. And so I want to be able to speak on our behalf on that. But anyway, I'm learning Chinese right now. Somebody took my my number two spot in the current rankings, but I, I will prevail. Anyway, 232-1542 is the number. Let's go to the phones. We got Paul on the line. Paul, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I, I got a question for all my Republican friends out there. Why is it that the tail wags the dog in the Republican Party in every situation, whether it's in <laughs> Baton Rouge or, or D.C., where we're all of us conservatives. We all got to be team players and we got to, you know, we just got to, you know, sometimes we just got to bite the bullet and, and just go with the flow and let them elect people like Denny Hastert and John Boehner and Paul Ryan, <laughs> all never Trumpers, by the way, Yeah, uh, bailed on the party as soon as it got a little tough. They actually bailed on Trump in his first two years when they had majorities in all three branches there. But, uh, but why is it, why is it, us that's got to be the team player, and they're never they get to be the team player. You got twenty of them in the house right now, holding the whole show up, and the rest of the Republicans, uh, however many there are, uh, they're all in. You know, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna vote the right way. But but us old Republicans, us us conservatives, we always got to be the guy that's magnanimous and gives in. Well, I'm done with that. I think I think I told uh, Mike Johnson's office earlier today. I said you need to make those twenty Republicans an offer they can't refuse. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. It's, it's I, I hope they follow through that. Paul, I mean, one of the things is, you know, conservatives are told we're told, look, you, you, you had to pace yourselves. You had to play nice. You got to I mean, Alan Seaball, yep. not a great guy up in your area. Not a great. He's not a nice yep. guy. People don't like. Well, you know what? Alan Seaball got things done when he was in That's the right. house. He's going to do things. He's going to do the same thing in the Senate. The problem is 
those very same people will then turn around and hold a petty grudge over the Republican Study Committee or the establishment or anything like that, and they'll refuse to allow Jim Jordan to be the next speaker unless he gives up something big, like the salt deduction, which is one of the things that Jordan has put on the table, which is uh, also kind of absurd because imagine if McCarthy or Paul Ryan or somebody else had voted to give up one of the biggest things that was in the Trump tax package when Trump was in office, offered to give that up to get keep Republicans in line. I mean, it's just absurd. Kind of the, the conservatives have to play nice in that regard. Well, the Democrats don't have to play nice. They Their kooks are in charge. Yes. I mean, there's no right-wing conservative as halfway to the right as the as the majority of the party, the people in the Democrat Party are today. And all you got to do is watch this Israel debate. Oh, if yeah. If you want to see pure insanity, watch that. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the pro-Hamas caucus right there in the middle of it. Paul, thank you very much. About to have to go. Always good to hear from you. All right. But Paul's absolutely right on that one. And and. Keep in mind, I've known Paul several years. I've known him to be right several times, and this is one of them. Conservatives are expected to give up so much to keep everybody happy. Why can't the moderates just give them, give Jim Jordan the speaker, Scavel? Why, why, why does that have to be the case? It's because they hold on to petty grudges. That's what it is. They, they're holding on to petty grudges in this case. And so it leaves conservatives like, what are we supposed to do? We we played by your rules and lost. We fought you and 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 we're losing like what, what are conservatives don't have any reason to believe what the moderates are offering. And that's, what's causing a lot of the problems right now. I hope they come to some uh, amicable uh, solution here, but it's looking tougher and tougher. I know that people in, in the house staffers in the house just kind of want to jump ship and go home and they can because it's just chaos right now. You guys have a great day, by the way, I'll talk to you again in 23 hours. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. Check out the podcast going up live in a few minutes. If you missed any part of today's show, that'll be live over on Substack, Joe Cunningham Show on Substack, or wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Leave a rating and review on the podcast. If you get it from one of those platforms, I'll talk to you guys again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.